0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
1: It's living the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream.
0: Okay, this is a man who's good at everything, but also so humble that he'll tell you he's good at nothing. But we're really excited to have him. He's a number one New York Times bestselling author. You recognize him as the host of Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy. Little hint there. The Trey Gowdy podcast. And he's got this, um, he's a former congressman. We're going to talk about that, House investigations, all kinds of things. He's done it all. A prosecutor. That's all in his new book. Start, stay or leave the art of decision making and Trey, This is one of the things that people of all ages struggle with how to make a decision. You said you did it during a federal murder trial. You came up with this plan. Give us the backdrop.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to start at the end and I know that sounds kind of moribund to some people. Um, I start speeches at the end. I start I started my closing. I mean, my trials, I started it with closing argument. But You know, Shannon, if if we can imagine what we want people to think about us, to say about us, to remember most about us, um, whether it's a retirement party, a 50th wedding anniversary, or, you know, I like to imagine the real end, the funeral. Are we making decisions that empower people to be able to say the things we most covet? And I covet the word fair. I want people to say he was fair. I don't mean, they're not going to say I was smart. Uh, they might say I yes, was fair. Yes, they
0: are. I say that. <laughs> no,
1: my <laughs> wife and mom, but that's about it. I want them to say I was fair. So if that's what I want at the end, am I making decisions that get me there? And I don't know, Shannon. I've made so I mean you, you, I mean, we I all think make about, good and
0: bad decisions, but we can learn from them, even when they're the wrong ones.
1: You know, you, who are one of the most successful people in your line of work. And are hosting this incredibly prestigious, highly coveted spot on Sunday mornings. I still remember when you told me that you either lost or almost lost your first job in this I line did. of work.
0: I did. I got fired by a guy who told me I was the worst person he'd ever seen on TV and I'd never make it.
1: All right. So, something <laughs> so
0: had there have been the... some painful moments along the way.
1: But, so I have a chapter in this book about means and motive and opportunity. And I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about murder. So you Mm -hmm. clearly had the desire. You clearly have the talent or you wouldn't be where you are, but you needed the opportunity. Sometimes Mm -hmm. in life, what we're good at is not what we like. My wife can sing. She just doesn't like being the center of attention. So how do we match up ability, interest and opportunity?
0: Yeah, to find meaning in life. And like you said, be thinking to the end and working back. Um, I think that's a great philosophy. I read a book by a pastor's wife who, who wrote from that same place. Think about what you want the end of your life to be, the result of your life and your work. I think that's really smart and, and intuitive. I, I love it. You also talk about whatever you do land on, those intersections of opportunity and talents and all those things. You have to assess the price that you're willing to pay to achieve your goal. And that may make you um, pivot or change at some point because you may have other things that become more important or a different goal. Talk about that, assessing the price you're willing to pay.
1: Yeah, I left the job I love the most and the one that I hope that you will remember um, when, when I'm done. It's, it's not being in Congress, it's not you know, hosting a a show on Sunday nights. I love being a prosecutor, but the price that, I mean, I'm watching this Murdoch trial right now and, you know, they can't show the crime scene footage on air or they didn't because it's graphic. It's horrible to look at. Imagine doing that for 10 years. It's all you do is look at man's inhumanity toward Mm -hmm. his fellow man and then add in children and add in, uh, you know domestic abuse which almost always involves a man killing a woman and so it began to take its toll on my faith quite frankly i know that you are a person of tremendous and authentic faith so i'm i'm just being honest with you mm-hmm. it began i could not match up what i was seeing with what i was hearing on sunday morning
0: yeah it's a it's a real struggle we've talked about that and you get into detail about that in the book and In the context of uh, of trying to make sense of all those things, but you talk about in walking away from that job that was your dream job, that you really had to think about the impact on your own well-being, your family. And even though you love the job, even if you get somewhere sometimes to the place that you think is the pinnacle of what you always wanted to get to, you can find out that at some point the cost is too high.
1: That it has a shelf life. Um, and, and and I lived that. In fact, ironically enough, this morning, my daughter, who is now 25, someone reached out to her on social media wanting to know if she was my daughter because I had prosecuted their family member. So oh, he, so there is no statute of limitation when, when you put people in jail for life. I mean, they have a lot of time to think about who put them there uh, or on death row. So. It's it's yes, it is what it does to you, but it's what it does to your spouse and your children. The other thing that I'm really candid about in this book is my dream job was always being a federal judge. I thought that that was the pinnacle of our career. You're a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. But then there comes this moment where what you thought was your dream job is before you. And it forces you to, was it the pursuit of it or is it the reality? Because I wound up saying, no, it is no longer my dream.
0: And I think that's good. It's healthy for people to hear that because it's okay to reassess at different points in your life what is most important to you in this the scheme of everything, your health, your family, the people that you love, the work that matters to you. I mean, it's okay to reassess. And that's how you have to come to the table to make these decisions about whether to stay or go.
1: I should never quote Bible verses to you because you've written like books on the Bible. But I'm pretty I sure like when you the, quote
0: verses, <laughs> I'm pretty I like sure it. <laughs> there's a verse
1: about there's a season for right. all things under the sun. And the fact that it is a season, I mean, I think about you, you were working at least on the East Coast late at night. And mm-hmm. you were doing that five nights a week. And I'll bet you still work just as hard. But but it's your schedule has changed. And mm-hmm. what may have been right for you in one season of life may or may not be right for you in another. And it's not failure or losing. To You should not let anyone else like, define success for you. Success mm-hmm maybe going from one day a week to five or success may be going from five days a week to one. Only you can say what it is.
0: Yeah. And you have to resist the pressure of outside expectations. I think that's hard for a lot of us. The expectations we put on ourselves for you to get to that position as a prosecutor and potentially a judge, but also we'll have family expectations. Like you know, my dad, very, you know, I've told this story before, but when I was in college, he said, you're going to med school or law school, so pick one. And he wasn't kidding. My dad didn't kid when he said things like that. And I remember when I finally decided I was going to transition over into journalism, and, and that was a big decision point in my life. I could have used your book back then. Um, <laughs> but my dad, I was terrified of calling my dad to tell him I wasn't going to be a lawyer full time anymore. And It's hard because you do have to think not only what your expectations were, but if you feel the pressure of expectations around you, even from a professor or somebody who guided you in a certain direction, like you do have to make decisions for yourself, right?
1: And people that love us and really genuinely have our best interest in mind frequently give us advice, but it's not their closing chapter of life. They get to write Mm -hmm. their own. Mm So maybe... You know, I'll use my dad instead of your dad. Uh, Maybe it was my dad's dream job that I'd be a doctor. But and so maybe his closing argument is diminished because he didn't get to tell people that one of his four kids was a medical doctor. I don't think Mm -hmm. he cared. But but that's his own closing argument. Shannon Bream has hers. And the fact that she has a law degree, was making a living practicing law, could have kept doing that, but pivoted me mean. If that's what you see when you see the end, if it brings you joy and contentment and you are and meaning, then I mean, people really do need to define it's it's dicey when it's our parents or our spouses or mm-hmm. people that care about it's easy to ignore people that don't care about us. That's easy.
0: Most people uh, or it blame. should be
1: easy for us to <laughs> not care what people on social media who've never met us think about us. It should be easy. But it's tough when I I wrote in the book, I was leaving a job that I had just been elected to to go be a a U.S. Magistrate judge. And my dad walked in my den. I mean, I was a grown man with a a family and a wife. And he said, no, you're not. You are not breaking your word to the voters. And I was so mad at him, probably because he was right. And I Mm -hmm. wound up not leaving. Um, And he was right. But that raises the question, Shannon, who are the voices in our lives that have earned the right to be heard?
0: Hmm. Yeah. And you say it's good. Take on that that um, advice, especially whether you've asked for it or not. If it's from somebody that's trusted and respected in your life. But you say um, write advice from the right people, but ignore the rest.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was talking to Johnny Ratcliffe last night. Uh, Johnny and Tim Scott and I ate dinner Um, A lot together McCarthy when he when he wasn't busy and we had a rule. Um, Don't bring up negative stories. Don't bring up negative things. People said on Mm -hmm. television. And I used to see my colleagues on the floor of the house scrolling through their social media. And if they had done something great that day, I mean, they were euphoric because people they'd never met thought that they were a genius. And then if they had done something bad, people they'd never met thought they were an idiot. If they don't know you and haven't met you, why do you, like, covet their praise or inhabit their criticism?
0: Right. Why? Yep. I know, and it's hard. I think we have to fight that because so many of us get addicted to that little burst of adrenaline or whatever to get it is serotonin or whatever it is that we get from our phones, but it is a two-edged sword because why are you going to allow people who don't know you? It's not good to get stroked and told you're amazing and the most wonderful person ever on television um, any more than it is to have people say, you should be fired. I hate you. You're the dumbest, ugliest person ever on television. (laughs) Like, Why do we pour either of those into our psyche? They both can be equally damaging.
1: Have you been reading my... Social media feed because what you quoted there at the right. end is kind of a normal. I am a big well, believer in self awareness. I I, mm-hmm. I should I should know before anyone ever tells me when I did not do well or when I did not meet my own expectations. I, I really and I write a chapter about a guy named Nathan again. Me talking about the Bible with you is like talking. No, but listen,
0: Nathan is one we all need to hear about. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, you know, we hear this phrase, you're the man, and we think it arose at sporting events. That is exactly what Nathan said to David. You're the man I'm describing. You're the man who did this despicable, horrible thing. So it would have been great to have Nathan on the rooftop with David when he first saw Bathsheba, and mm-hmm. then he wouldn't have done all he did. But I mean, you need a Nathan. Ideally, you need him on the front end before you make a decision. Right. Right. But you got to leave the, the the door to the rooftop unlocked. I mean, you have to allow people access, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, be think, willing to
0: listen to the truth.
1: Well, you know, Mick Mulvaney and I've been friends for ten years. Mick is really, really, really blunt. I don't do mm-hmm. well with blunt people, Shannon. So I mean, I, I need. <laughs> do you need one a little massaging friend. in the truth? The <laughs> truth with love. I need Tim Scott. I need Tim Scott oh, I love it who starts with 20 nice things and says oh by the way um since I have you and then he <laughs> and gets you're like around oh no I really call <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Mick
1: just starts and but I mean you you can't surround yourself with only people who tell you what you want to hear but you also shouldn't surround yourself with people who really maybe have their best interest in mind and not your own
0: mm-hmm. It takes discernment. It does.
1: Discernment is the word.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, now I have to share a little bit of this, if I can read a little bit from your book. This is about deciding to stay, um, maybe when it's not so easy, but I love how this chapter started out. Signing up for college classes was something I always looked forward to. Once in a generation, genius is required to build a class schedule that does not include any morning classes. Amen. Has a break to watch all my children and does not interfere with intramural sports in the afternoon, especially doing so without your parents finding out. You and I had both the very um, specific uh, requirements for mapping out our schedule. I love this. Mine didn't include all my children, but I love that yours did. But (laughs) I mean, you can explain that if you want to. But I also love the rest of this chapter. what talks about you thought you signed up for a bowling class and quickly found out it was something else and you had a Decision to make?
1: Oh my heavens! Did I? I, I, I could have sworn it was bowling, Shannon. I really did. Well, BL, I
0: think was right. BL was the (laughs) listing in the course catalog.
1: I mean, BL is bowling, right? Until you walk in and find out it's ballet, and I really (laughs) did the most gorgeous pirouette you have ever seen in your life to go back out the door.
0: (laughs) So see, you were participating. Sort of.
1: I, I, the the guy called my name or he called, you know, my legal name, not the name I go by. And I Can did decide it? to stay. Harold. Yeah, yeah. I he mean, did Harold. ask
0: you, Harold. Are yeah. you Harold Gowdy?
1: I still have friends from that class. I mean, you're talking you about You stayed. You stuck it out. Yeah. So, and I actually, I still know the ballet positions. It is oh, very well. painful to to do them but i know them Mm -hmm. and i don't think i would have i mean bowling would the grade would have been the same but the process the result the journey would have been so different so there is value staying just sounds boring people think i want to start something new or i want to leave for something great
0: grass is greener
1: yes staying is like resignation or settling. And, and oftentimes it's not, it's the smartest thing to do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there, I, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant as a college guy to be stuck in this ballet class. Um, but like you said, the friendships that you built and sometimes, you know, being forced to stay in something that you don't wanna do is character building. Um, it makes you show up whether you want to or not and, and teaches you the value of sticking around. And I think a lot of times, you know, in the in the current context and where we are in 2023. We can talk about that in relationships too. I mean, you know, if something is hurtful or divisive or destructive, you got to go. But I think a lot of um, what the world tells us about relationships is eh, when they're not perfect, Cinderella, Prince Charming situation, then you should also leave. And I think there's a big assessment to do with every relationship because none of them are going to be perfect. They're all going to go through trouble spots. And you have to think about the value in the relationship, the commitments you made versus whatever else is going on.
1: Yeah, commitment's just not a word we hear a lot in our modern lexicon. I mean, I heard it a ton growing up from my Mm -hmm. parents. I mean, I think they've been married since, what, 1961? Love Um, it. And if you signed up for something, you did stick with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if my parents had already paid for it. There was no backing out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we must have had the same parents. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I wrestle with that because b- my both of my kids were okay at things they did not enjoy. And so mm-hmm. as the parent, you struggle. Do I, And I was just talking to my wife about it. Maybe two days ago, she's like you, a, a devout, authentic believer, and she believes that God gives you certain gifts. And my response is, yes, but, honey, He should also give you desire. The fact like that our daughter can sing... But she doesn't want to sing in public. So, yes, he gave her a gift, but he didn't give her the desire. So are we to make her do it? I mean, should mm-hmm. we force her to do it? it? It's hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's tricky. Um, but listen, the two of them, you've got mother-daughter. They could be the next Juds, based on how you're describing their abilities.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, They listen to I very mean... different music.
0: So. <laughs> Maybe they could create something new. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. Kudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Kudlow
1: podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at FoxBusinessPodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.
0: All right, listen, while we have you, I want to ask you about a couple current event things. You mentioned the trial that you're watching. I am fascinated slash horrified by this case because it's not just this one incident, which is just uh, evil, I mean, innocent until proven guilty. You and I both believe that, but I'm watching. Um, but there's so many other tentacles to this guy and this family all throughout your state. There, I mean, is the entire state of South Carolina watching this thing?
1: You know, shockingly, no. Um, okay that that part of South Carolina is as far away from where you know Greenville, Spartanburg is mm-hmm. as you could be, and still be in the same state. I, I actually, when I was the district attorney. Alex Murdoch's father was the district attorney. There are only 16 of us. So I knew Randy Murdoch. We've all heard of the family. Um, We've all heard the stories about how they control that part of the state. Um, And I don't say that in a complimentary way. I mean, no Mm -hmm. families, the law should control that area, not a family. Mm -hmm. It is, I remember when it happened, I told my daughter, I said, parents just, It's just so unusual for a parent to kill a child. Oh, I know. She said, no, you're wrong. He did it. And I she was right. And I was Mm -hmm. wrong. I just I can you. It's hard to
0: digest.
1: It is. But but when I take a step back, I think. And and I know the guys that are doing the prosecution. um, They actually are more known for doing appellate work. Um, the attorney general in South Carolina doesn't do a ton of trial work, but because there was a conflict with the district attorney, they're mm-hmm. having to try it. I, the jury wants to know why uh, I get that. Um, and the why is what you touched on all of the problems Alex Murdoch had that were coming to fruition, stealing mm-hmm. from his law firm, stealing from clients, uh, the boat accident that his son was involved and where a young woman mallory beach was killed i just if i were on the jury shannon it's hard for me to believe hey i'm going to commit a double potential capital homicide to divert attention away from an embezzlement case i just i it's hard i mean you do have to give the jury something because we're not Mm -hmm. wired to believe that fathers can kill their sons right but 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 it's hard for me. I say it's hard. I mean, there is no explanation, period, for shooting your spouse or child. Mm-hmm. I just I wonder if the jury is going to buy that he was trying to create a diversion away from his other problems. Because well, double- what about
0: the yeah, what about the idea that he was just in so far over his head? Allegedly the allegations are with potentially drugs and other issues that he was just running out of financial resources And that could have been his motivation
1: uh, Right, and I would say that is a perfect motivation for taking your own life Yeah, but not uh, for others That is not Most a good motivation for, for for drawing the scrutiny of the entire world mm-hmm. by killing your spouse um, And your well, son
0: Beyond a reasonable doubt. We'll see what this jury decides. I might, you know, have to side back channel you and ask you some more questions about this thing. because you were the world's greatest prosecutor, and I know. Um, we, these defense attorneys we, are good. I know them too. Well, yeah, uh, I, and I'm sure whatever dimes he's been able to put together, I'm sure he has an excellent defense team. But in the meantime, let me tell people one more time: the name of the book by Trey Gatty Start, stay, or leave: the art of decision making. It is full of fantastic stories too. You're a great storyteller and have had such a an interesting life. So, congrats on the book and um, and thank you for putting this together for every one of us as a decision point in our life, um, multiple times. And this, I think, is excellent advice. So congrats, well, my you've friend. you've
1: done pretty well with the decisions you've made in life. So I, Every day's uh, a new I day. needed this book <laughs> when I was younger. I don't know if you did or not, but I did. But thank you. I love talking with you. I love watching you on television. You're one of the most genuinely good people, um, period. So well, thank, thank you, you for you. letting me be on your podcast.
0: You know what I always say, sinner saved by grace. So, Trey, yes, thank you. Right. I will see you soon. That's it for this week's Live in the Brain. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.